Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and every week I sit down with one or several members of our church staff and host a conversation about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission as the Church of Jesus Christ here in our city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst. And if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. All right, well, welcome to week three in our series of how our core value of courageous faith here at Bridgeway shapes us as disciples. So two weeks ago, here, uh, at, Bridgeway. here at Bridgeway, thank you. It, I haven't introduced you yet, Seth. It is. But you're, you're just in here, now. Here, here I am. So here this, is Seth, this is Seth Stewart. He is the <laughs> student minister here at Bridgeway, and he, I interrupt and he likes to talk. <laughs> here at Bridgeway is one of those phrases that uh-huh. we say all the time. Is it? You should count them on a Sunday morning. Oh no! At all announcements here, Man, I picked it up. Here it's a Bridgeway. It's a, Bridgeway. it's a cultural vocabulary thing that I picked up, and now it's in the podcast. And now it's in the podcast. So the infection is spreading. Um, but we're looking at uh, so two weeks ago, Sam and I sat down and we talked about what is courageous faith. Um, so I would really encourage you if you haven't to go back and listen to that episode. It was really helpful. And then last week we looked at how this core value of courageous faith informs and moves us to read our Bibles, how it changes the way we read our Bibles. And then uh, today, I told you, if you listened last week, I told you to not run away on me, but to come back because we're going to talk about everyone's favorite topic, giving away your money. And so we're talking about courageous giving. And um, you've already met um, the bull in the china shop himself, Seth right Stewart, here. who's here. Breaking things. Uh, but also joining us in the podcast studio is Andy Dowdell, who is, what's your official title, Andy? I'm the pastor of administration. Okay. And so day to day, kind of what, or maybe week to week, it probably differs a lot day to day. What does that look like for you? Because I think this is your first time on the Bridgeway podcast. Yeah. So introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah. I uh, basically oversee the finances and facilities of Bridgeway. Mm-hmm. So I balance the budget and I unclog toilets <laughs> <laughs> and everything in between. Man, that is, uh, I was not expecting that to be yeah. a part of, uh, of your job, but you do that. I do a little bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yesterday well, we, yeah. I was on the roof. I was of course overseeing getting the sewer line cleared. Oh my goodness. And I was, uh, working on connecting credit cards to Expensify. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah, so that's, that's everything what a normal day looks everyone wants to do. <laughs> to lows, lows. Yes. <laughs> but like literally, literally on top of the roof. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then to the sewer. Yes. And then I, but for me the lowest low would be the credit card expensify things. Yeah. Oh, I think that's I'd the most rat- fun. Yeah, I know. You love that, <laughs> I'm sure. I would hope you would love that. And so um we thought it would be really helpful to bring Andy in today to to, to help us talk about courageous giving as he's the one who probably knows more about um, the finances of a church um, on anyone than anyone else on staff, and so we 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 know he's going to have a lot of really unique vantage points that um, maybe us who who think about it from a, from one side of uh, of of the of the topic. Yeah, know. from the on 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 our, my side at least, it's I'm always the one being asked to give money, right? <laughs> and Andy always is the one who's receiving all the money. So right. I've actually not heard somebody like, yeah. "What's it like to receive?" Yeah, two point yeah. three million dollars, and how do we do that? Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited about about today. So let, let's talk first about um, why why is it that we as Christians give our money? 
Like, what? Why is that? Uh, like, where does that? Where does that come from? Why? Why are we called to give our money? Uh, I don't know. Um, Andy, like, like right, right out of right out of the bat, like, why? As you, I'm sure you give as well to Bridgeway. So, speaking personally for yourself, why do we give money as Christians? I mean, I think the principle that we're given, especially in the New Testament, is we do support the local church. Right. That as a member of the local church, as a member of the body of Christ, we're told to support that. Mm. Um, so I think that includes finances. Yeah. Includes more. Right. But it includes our finances as well. When we see the model of the early church, um, you know, what did they give? Yeah. They had to give their money. <laughs> they, yeah. They, well, they gave it all. Yeah. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah. So... You know, I think there's some principles there for us as we become members of the body of Christ um, that we are called to financially support the work of that ministry. Right. Um, yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with with where our money goes. Um, and, and 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 but I don't know. I think I'm I'm kind of trying to plumb plumb a little bit into why are we giving at all? Uh, I mean, and I think that's a good functional answer. Yeah. Where it's like. The church is is a, is is a is a gathering of people that do things in the world together, and to do things in the world it takes money. <laughs> yeah. And so um, there needs to be support given. I mean, you know, Paul talks about how uh, you know a worker is worth his wages, and and how if he's going to give himself full time to the preaching of the gospel, uh, he has every right to be supported to do that. And so, isn't it a great thing that we can have people fully supported by members of a church to give their lives? To studying and preaching Jesus, that's a really yeah. good thing. Yeah. Um, but underneath the practical reasons, are there are there like things built into the universe, or like things built into what it means to be God's children that necessitate giving? Like Seth, what do you think? Like, why must Christians be givers? Well, why must Christians be givers? Just it's because Jesus gave himself right. for us. Yeah. And so we, in return, give our money, time, and life mm. to him. Even I, I think it's also interesting that whenever Paul talks about in Galatians or elsewhere, he'll say that Jesus bought mm. the church. So assuming he has some level of wealth or money somewhere, he bought the church. And we know that the price the church was given was the cost of his own blood. Right. So we have this transactional language used in the whole our own our own salvation. Like we were bought, there was a cost involved. There was a ran- other other places. There's a ransom. Mm-hmm. Like money is built into how we were saved. Like those money languages, mm. giving, generosity. Um, like that's part of the language of vocabulary of our salvation. Yeah. So okay. So we so giving then is 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 part of imaging Christ. I yeah. guess as Christians, if we're supposed to be like Jesus, Jesus was a giver. He gave the ultimate cost, the most, uh, to buy his church. So as his church, we are also givers. Yes. Okay, but before Jesus came, okay, uh, you know, New Te- or Old Testament Israelites were called to give of their uh, finances, their livestock, their grain. I mean, so it just seems like there's something in the character of God and what he calls people who follow him to do to give. So, I mean, Andy, do you have any thoughts on, like, why why did people in the Old Testament give? Is there something deeper happening here that God's calling us to as givers? If Yeah, it's it's kind of a out-there question. I mean, yeah. Seth, I mean, do you have any thoughts? I mean, unless you think about, like, God as giver, like, more, sure, more yeah, generally, yeah. like, from the beginning of time, God has gifted to us 
this world, this creation. And then the same word that we use to talk about stewardship of our money right now, we were told to steward and to keep and to tend the garden. So like everything the Lord has given that's on planet earth is mm. a gift that we are called to steward and manage well while we're here. So why are we called to give to others? It's because the world itself is a gift Mm. from a God who is giving all the time. Okay. So in a similar way, you've talked about we we image Christ who gave himself, and so we as Christians give. uh, Also, as people made in God's image, uh, we image God by giving because God is a giver. He gave uh, the world. He he. He provides us richly with every good thing, and so we image God himself as a giver. And so if we were to say that um, to function correctly in this world, we, we, we need to look like its creator, and like the whole point of the, of the, the law is to help us look like God, to be like right. him, to be holy like, to be he, holy is like holy. he is holy, as Leviticus yeah. would tell us, then um, we, are, we are given the privilege of entering more fully into what it means to look like God by being givers. Right. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so if you have God as from the beginning of time, from creation day one, he is a giver of all things in the entire world to Adam and Eve. We decided that we should rather, instead of accepting what we've been given, to take something else that mm-hmm. was not ours. Right. And the law helps us correct that. Like, you want to take things that God has already, that God has not allowed you to have. Mm. Instead of trying to take thing God has not allowed you to have, give everything of yourself to look like the one who is in heaven. And then we see Jesus as the ultimate uh, giver himself. He's like, he is the heart of the giving God consummated in one sense. Like he's the image of the giving God, giving all of himself mm. for others. Yeah. So to circle back on your question about the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe on a more practical standpoint too, you know, this nation, God, this community God had built, um, you know, he had a, a a priestly class, the Levites, right. who weren't given land. That's right. And so in order t- for this community to work, this nation to work, he put these people that were going to oversee worship. And then the rest of the tribes had to give mm-hmm. so that this other tribe could serve right. and lead them in worship. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we see that principle played out in the Old Testament, especially with the temple worship and mm-hmm. the priestly class and that the rest of the tribes gave so that so that they could eat. Yep. <laughs> that those serving in the temple and serving them in worship, that tribe was supported. Yeah. Well, I love that there's a, this connection with your with your first answer of why why do we as Christians give and then like, okay, but way back in the Old Testament, why did they give? Is there is this continuity in the functionality of believers giving is that we are we get to support what God is doing in our midst through having people dedicated full time to the administration of his people and his nation. It, you know, in the Old Testament, like you said, it was the Levites. They didn't have land. They had no portion. You know, we're told their portion is the Lord. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, but that doesn't put food in my belly, you know? <laughs> and so, um, yeah. And, and so we, we, we need to remember that in the Old Testament, um, whenever grain was, was, was offered on the altar, uh, who ate it? The priests and the Levites, yeah. whenever a lamb was taken and slaughtered, um, there were certain sections of that animal that went to the Levites, and it was holy to them, and no one else could touch it. And so it does seem that God, early on in the Bible, sets up a pattern that those who are in charge of ministering to the people, to to uh, being God's representative uh, of his body to the world, in giving their full time to it, that they have the right 
and even the need to be supported financially by the people because grain and livestock were the most prized resources of that Mm. time. And think about how that is a picture of the Garden of Eden. Mm. Adam and Eve were told to tend and keep the temple of God where his presence dwelt freely. But they didn't have, their work was already, their food, Mm. their shelter, their lodging, their comfort was provided for by the giver God. Wow, yeah. So when Christians and when Old Testament believers would serve one another and give one another, it's their way of bringing Eden back into these local outposts, temples and churches and communities. Well, and it's amazing too, you think that um, the giver would be in 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 a lower role to the one receiving, right? That, that surely I am doing the lesser deed of bringing my grain so that the big bad priest gets to do all the cool stuff, you know, right. like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. because we do, we put pastors and things like that up on the pedestal. Um, but what you're saying, Seth, is with this picture of the Garden of Eden, uh, that we actually get the role of God. Yeah. Because God was the one providing for the ministers of his garden temple in Eden, Adam and Eve. Yes. That God was the one saying, here's your food. Here's your shelter. Here's your provisions. Now work inside of that. Right. And like you're saying that as givers to the local church, we actually get to image God in the Garden of Eden being the purveyor yes. of Eden. Yes. It's <laughs> a pretty cool calling. <laughs> right. And I the, never thought of giving to the local church like that. And it's the same as becomes true in Jesus as well because mm. the whole the, the kingdom is expanding growing like yeast and dough and the as we go out into all nations of the world Jesus has given himself to us and we give ourselves to others so that the kingdom of God would be everywhere mm. we're we're still at same eden creating moment right in some yep. ways yep, so absolutely. we're still in the position not just of God but now of Jesus Christ as well and not just of God, we're indwelt and empowered by God mm. to give more graciously, more generously, more courageously than ever before. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we've got to talk about, um, we've got to bring up Second Corinthians 8 before we move on to, to you know, courageous. If we're going to talk about real gospel-centered giving, uh, you know, Sam and I even talked a little bit about this either uh, last episode or the episode before, um, and he made sure to say, you guys make sure you talk about this on the giving episode, so we have to talk about it here. But, um, you know, you have these, the, Paul is talking about, he, he's writing to he's, he's writing to the Corinthians, and he's saying, like, uh, you, you know, he's challenging them to be generous with their finances. You know, the city of Corinth, if I'm right, if I, if I remember correctly, was a port city, and so it was, it was a, rich, a rich city, they had lots of resources, and um, and he's he's saying that you guys aren't being very generous, but let me show you some people who are. There's these Macedonians, and they were super poor, and yet they gave not only out of their means but beyond their means um, to help support the languishing church in Jerusalem. And and he says the reason they did this wasn't because they are inordinately kind or you know just really swell folks. <laughs> you know they did so because they were so overwhelmed by what Jesus had given to them, right? That Jesus, yeah. he who was rich became poor. And so they were happy when they were poor to give out of their poverty to those in need. So I, I just kind of want to spend a little bit more time talking about the essence, because I think you were right, Seth, when we talked about like, why do we give as Christians? The, the undergirding why is, it has to be because we are so overwhelmed and infatuated with the preeminent gift that Jesus is to us, right? Yeah. 
Um, so I don't know. I might have said it all in that. But uh, any other thoughts kind of on the back end of that? Here, here's a question I have for you in this moment. So like as a dad to multiple boys, like how are you talking about generosity? Because in a sense, like your, your kids are like the Macedonians. They're poor. <laughs> <laughs> and you are rich and wealthy. Like how do you not only just set an, ex- how do you set an example, but also like teach them about the generosity of Christ that should lead them mm. to serve and give of their time, money, and lives to Bridgeway. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I think, you know, hopefully first and foremost as a parent, we're just modeling that for our kids. Yeah. You know, we're just modeling what it looks like to serve the body um, with our lives, with our money, with our time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy to do when you're on staff. <laughs> right. But before I was on staff, you know, what? what do we just attend church as a family, or right. are we really— is that our family? Are we embedded in that church? Are we a part of that community? Are we serving that community? Mm. Um, so, yeah. How I, do you model the, the money portion of that? Because my parents would never let me see their budget. Do you like you let your kids see <laughs> your budget, or is it like you like write out it on an envelope with them each week? Like, how do you do that? I mean, we give online, so so do I. That's yeah, hard. So do I. It's so convenient. That's hard to uh, <laughs> model. Like, that's hard to model, but. I think you have to talk button. about it, mm-hmm. and you do have to 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 let your kids know we give. Yeah, you know we do give to the church from what we make. You know, from our paychecks, we we give a portion of that back in whatever in whatever amount we feel led to do, mm-hmm. whatever God's calling us to give. So I think as they are getting older and working, just trying to have those conversations. Not you should give. Mm-hmm. Are you giving ten percent? But it's, hey, like you're working now and, you know, what do you think about giving? What do you think about giving an offering to the church? Mm -hmm. How much do you think God's, you know, leading you to give? Right. Um, And trying to have more of that level conversation with that bent rather than make it some, oh, well, you make a paycheck now, so you've got to give a certain amount. Mm. And less of a right. a rule, right? Um, Which that is a really interesting way to yeah. do it. To answer Seth's question, I think you just did. Where it's he's like, how do you model like what uh, like that transaction that happens of what Christ has done for you? Like, how does that move you to be a giver? You know, right. where it's like you're not you're not saying, well, he did this, so you must do this. You're saying like, what are you feeling led to give because of what you've been given? And it's a it's a yeah. much different question. Uh, and I don't know if we're afraid of the open-endedness of it that we yeah. don't like to ask it, uh, but I, I I really like that, Andy. That's good. Seth? I, th- I was in verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that, th- that you by his poverty might become rich. And so I think one of the things that the Macedonians understood was that they were rich. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so yes. like, you, you don't... Well, actually... Um, statistics will say that the more wealthy you are, the less likely are you you are to give. Mm-hmm. Like the people, I'm pretty sure that if I remember the statistics from whenever I looked at them, but like over the course, like if you look at America, the people in the higher income brackets give less of a percent of their income than oh, those, those in lower lower brackets. So what's fascinating about that is that in order for the Macedonians to feel like they had the freedom, they actually felt a type of richness that was different from the material prosperity that actually right. discourages generosity. Mm. And so I think the difference is that when you have a when you have a 
richness given to you by the gospel, it automatically and always leads to more pouring out. But if you have a richness that comes through material prosperity or earning it yourself by the sweat of your brow or your business acumen, mm-hmm. you're more likely to hold on to it because you earned it for yourself. Nobody else is entitled to that. Right. And so I think there's something in us understanding that the grace and richness that we have been given cost somebody else their life and they became poor so that we could become rich. I know that even just personally, like I'm more likely to buy somebody else dinner if somebody just gave me a hundred dollars that day. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it's like if somebody else just gave it to me, it's like, oh, I should take I should take somebody out to dinner tonight. We have extra money. Yeah, I've received yeah. grace. Right, but if yeah. I have earned that hundred dollars over the course of the week, I've budgeted out to the last dollar. I've mm. saved it. I've squirreled it away. I put it into a retirement account, or I've spent it on something that I wanted for myself. Mm. You know, it's like I money that I earn, I do things with money that I'm given. I'm a little more likely to give it away. Mm. And so I th- and so if we if we understood not only so there's two things happening I think that you're yeah. saying. One is realizing that everything we have we have been given. Right. So there's a stewardship element there that if you understood every dollar you're given not as something you earn by the sweat of your brow but as something that is a gracious gift from God that changes your relationship with money fundamentally. But there's something I think even more important happening that you're that you're bringing up is that for the Macedonians in 2 Corinthians 8, you're saying that they saw themselves as filthy rich. Right. But not but in in, in a way that had no bearing on their material status whatsoever. That that they could give everything they had and their their account would not change. Right. They were rich in Christ. Yes. Yeah, which is what goes like if you want to save your life, you need to lose it. Mm. And there's a kind of like assumption of wealth behind that phrase. Yes. When we, we apply it to when we apply it to money, we assume that if we gave away our very life, the Lord has a stockpile of riches that He will reimburse to us. Right. In order for us to continue to live. If we, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. 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 And so I think we, as Christians, we need to continue to understand that what fuels courageous giving is the fact that we will have it all when we give it all up. Mm. In the same way that we were given everything when Jesus gave it all up. And so I think over and over again, we need to rehearse the truth of the gospel that like Christ gave up everything to give us everything. And so now when we give up everything, the same thing will happen again by God's good grace. Yeah. And I think I often get taken to just when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Mm. Don't Mm -hmm. worry about what you eat and drink and wear, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And I think there's there's a spectrum on that worry. There's the worry of, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, mm. and I don't know if I can buy my kids the clothes they need for school. I don't know where next week's meals are coming from. Like, I literally don't know. I don't know how I'm going to buy groceries for next week. Right. Um, and then there's the spectrum of the other end of the worry is, well, I want the best. I want this car and I want my kids to go to that school and I've got to wear this style of clothes. Mm -hmm. So I'm worried that I've got to have the best and the latest and the greatest. So I think it depends on where is your worry Mm -hmm. on that spectrum in seeking God's kingdom. Yeah. You know, what worry is holding you back from seeking his kingdom first? So I think these Macedonians, they were seeking his kingdom first in their poverty. Mm Um. And man, does that does that to me that where is our culture at? Yeah. I mean, look at our world today. Right. What are people running after? What you eat, what you drink, what you wear. Right. The latest, the greatest. You've got to have this phone. You've got to drive this car. And and these are the things that are going to like make you happy mm-hmm. and give you joy. So where what are you believing? 
Yeah. What are you believing about the kingdom of God? Right. If I seek the kingdom, if I'm poor and I'm seeking the kingdom kingdom first, I don't have to be afraid. Um, yeah. I, I can give, like these messengers, I can give all I have. Um, it's, it's easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and if I'm rich, right. um, which most of us, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably considered rich right. in the world. Um, you know, am I chasing after these things that the culture's telling me I have to have these, the, the latest phone, right. the, the best clothes, this style of shoe? I mean, it just, it's, ne- you know, we're, we're advertised to constantly. Mm-hmm. So what am I, what am I seeking? Am I seeking those things that's holding me back from seeking the kingdom with yeah. my whole heart? And that's what's going to determine, am I going to give what's left over after I right. find all these things, or am I going to give sacrificially yeah. um, and say no to some of those things? Yeah, that spectrum is really helpful yeah. for me because I think when, I, when I've when i thought about worrying about what I'll wear, it's, it's, it's way more about the will I have clothes or not, or will I have food or not. And since I am considered rich by the world standards, I don't have to wonder like if I could buy a t-shirt or a burger, I don't have to like, right. I don't have to redo my budget to make sure I'm going to have enough. So I thought like, Oh, I've absenteed myself from that command to not worry. And it's like, Oh, but hold on. Don't I often wonder like, man, I, I probably, I probably should be wearing nicer clothes. I mean, look at some of the people I hang out with, you know, yeah, look at, yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, my front bumpers taped together with gorilla tape right now, <laughs> you know, with, uh, you know, it's like, uh, should I care about that? And, you know, it's like, I, and I love good food, you know, and it's like, but should I, should I eat a salad or continue or get the $50 steak? You know, like, and it's like, but my culture's yeah. telling me like, I need the best experience possible to live the best story possible to have the illest Instagram ever, you know, illest. <laughs> illest. <laughs> I had to use that word. It's a theologically accurate term, mm. but I, I think that's really helpful. And what you're saying is the solution to both is the exact same. Right. It's seek the kingdom first, because if you seek the kingdom first in your poverty, wondering, you know, your paycheck to paycheck, wondering not, can I get the best, but can I get anything? Is you're saying if you seek the kingdom first, you'll know that God will provide for you. He provides for for the sparrows. He'll provide for you. But if I if you're constantly going, I'm worried that I won't have the best. If you seek the kingdom first, you realize you've already been given the best. Right. That you're, it doesn't matter what you're dressed in. It's not ever going to compare to the robes of righteousness that Christ has put on you already. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what you're going to eat because you you get to eat the flesh of Jesus and live forever. Like right, it doesn't matter um, what kind of home you have in because I've gone and prepared a place for you ahead of time and you'll live with me forever. So like there are, there's an account that material possessions can't touch. And I think seeking those things first completely reorients our relationship with money. That's really helpful, Andy. Like, yeah. let me ask you, so you talked earlier about modeling for your kids, what it looks like to be generous and what is, how is, so you, I know you manage the budget for Bridgeway, but the elders are the ones that ultimately decide where money's spent and in which category. Right. How do you think Bridgeway is modeling for our people a spirit of courageous generosity? And like, what are some of the ways we can like brag on our elders and some of the decisions they've made? Um, or where can we grow in this area? Yeah, I mean, um, I think for the history of Bridgeway, it, there's just been a sense of we don't have to have the best of everything. Right. Like, um, we have a pretty modest, humble, building yes (laughs) you know um 
there's, of course, we dream big and we have lots of ideas of how we can improve things and how we could build bigger and better. I mean, that's kind of fun yeah. to daydream about. But kind of where the rubber meets the road is we've said, okay, like God's given us this building. Um, like we're going to make it work for as long as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we may not have uh, we may not have the best chairs in our sanctuary. We have 20-year-old <laughs> chairs. They're kind yeah. of falling apart. You know, we're starting to talk about, hey, it might be time to replace these. But, you know. It took you 20 years to get to that point. <laughs> it's taken us 20 years. So, you know, they're they're Hunter Green. Yeah. Yep. You know, like the 90s called. They want their chairs back. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think in some areas like that, we've just tried to be really good stewards. And that's where I think our elders over the years have just done an amazing job is like, let's be good stewards of what we have. Let's make these things last as long. You know, they may not look the best and they may not be the most trendy, but th- they function. They're mm-hmm. meeting the job. Now, you know, there's a spectrum. There, there's a spectrum there. If we we want to we want to be a welcoming church. We want right. we don't want to look dilapidated and right. yeah. and turn people away because it's like oh that's a junky place. So we have to care for our 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 building and our the things we have and, yeah. and we do have to upgrade them as needed. But even the um, way that you talk about upgrading, that's in the spirit of generosity. Yeah. You have people coming in that have never been to Bridgeway before and we mm-hmm. want to provide for them a better experience. So we're spending money to make sure that the outsider feels like this is a place right. that they can Right. We want to be a we want to be a safe, comfortable place uh to worship in. Yeah. So that that costs money. Yeah. And we're gonna need to upgrade and and have uh you know, new things every right. now and then. But then you also spend money outside the church, right? Yeah. And then that was my one other idea. Well, thing that we do is our 10%, actually 12% mm-hmm. of our budget um, over the last several years has been strict straight to missions mm-hmm. and straight to support um, missions and evangelism. So that's a, a, most of that, 80% of that, 12% goes straight to global, local, ministries and missionaries we're supporting yeah um so we were you know and and then the rest is is how are we equipping our our people and our own church to mm-hmm. be missional and evangelistic so um so we've we wanted to have a growing percentage of our budget go towards that yeah um instead of maybe yeah um and that's meant us throttling back on other ministries right. in order to continue to give at an mm. increasing rate right. towards um, uh, to, towards missions. Yeah. So when you say modeling, you're not saying everyone should give 12% of their budget. But right. you are saying is that we should be, always be asking the question, what expenses can we pull back on so that we might also give more generously to the cause of the kingdom exactly. and elsewhere yeah. in the world? And yeah. That, okay. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and so when we talk about then courageous giving— like, like I mean, I immediately think of we've talked about the Macedonians, right? They were poor, but they they gave out of their poverty because they thought they were rich, and they were rich in Jesus. And so, um, but I also think of the story of you know Jesus, Jesus and his disciples are at the temple, and they're they're kind of watching the 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 collections box at the back of the auditorium, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're seeing you know all these different people walk by and give large sums of money, and then this poor widow goes and it's a very famous story and she gives her last penny you know and it yeah. she you know it's not even a full penny it's a mite you know um, which I don't even know what that is but it's not much not much <laughs> and it's all she had yeah and he and Jesus said that she gave more than everyone which is nonsense that's like that's the worst economical you know if we're going to do a, a spreadsheet 
on who gave more. A might is not uh, a drachma, uh, uh, which is not a talent. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Is <laughs> like economically speaking, she gave nothing. You yeah. know, like I run a nonprofit. You know, and you know, I uh, we would be blown away by the generosity of, of a woman who would give us a mite, but it, we wouldn't really go far in us actually be able to do anything. Right. And so, from an economic standpoint, th- this doesn't make sense. And we're talking about with with what we're talking about with courageous faith is doing courageous faith is doing that which looks counterintuitive, but out of obedience to God, we do it because we have faith that He'll meet us on the other side. And so, um, what what is courageous giving? Is it giving? until you put yourself in financial trouble is it is it is it giving a certain percentage is it like what is i mean just thoughts on that like what what makes what's the difference between giving and courageous giving maybe let's talk about cowardly giving okay i was i grew up kind of in some of the prosperity gospel movement and we were always told to have courageous faith right to that the lord would provide um financial prosperity for us and if you had enough faith if you said the right words if you claimed enough wealth that was yours. And the more I think about that, the more I think about that, it, not as courageous, but as, as, as cowardly. Mm. Because the faith that I was exercising was not to give more away. It was not to make a name greater for Jesus. Mm. It was to make myself more comfortable. The faith that I exercised was primarily terminated on me. So at the end of the day, it becomes a cowardly form of faith where the only reason I have faith is to make myself feel better about myself. Mm. So I think at the very bottom, courageous faith is other-oriented. It takes account somebody else's needs and desires as more important than my own. And so even in the case of the widow's might, like she's counting the needs of the local ministry as more pressing Mm -hmm. than even her own. And Jesus Christ himself, Yep. What's one more life? What's one more cross? What's one more dead re- revolutionary on a Roman tree? But actually, it's that counterintuitiveness that leads to the greatest amount. Like, it, it leads to yeah. something profound. So I think the, the bottom of like courageousness in giving is counting somebody else's needs as more significant than your own. Um, I don't know. I think that's where my mind goes yeah. immediately. Andy, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think... <clears throat> You know, you talk about kind of how you grew up. Like, I didn't grow up in a prosperity gospel sure. context, but I, I did grow up in a family that struggled financially. And so there was a lot of fear mm. um, in making ends meet. And so um, out of that fear, you know, giving to the church really wasn't a priority. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, there's nothing left to give to the church. You know, we can't even pay all our bills on time. Mm-hmm. So why would we give to the church? And I think that's where I can identify with this widow. Um, she she gave the last she yeah, had. She was fearless. Um, and she was fearless. Yeah. So, and again, I think that goes back to um, what are you seeking? Mm-hmm. You know, are are you afraid? You know, is is fear keeping you from from giving generously and sacrificially? Mm. Um, and that's hard. I mean, that's a hard thing. Yeah. And I had to overcome that. Um, right. Just as I became an adult and got married and having a family of my own, you know, I had to work through that fear of letting go mm-hmm. um, of of making sure ends were being met every month. Because right. um, there were years, you know, my wife and I lived on love. Yeah. <laughs> that's like all we had. And, <laughs> you know, and to like 
give sacrificially, that was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that was hard to start even giving regularly to the church mm-hmm. um, as a young adult um, because of the way I grew up. Right. Um, where I was like, I'm going to make sure ends meet. Um, we're not right. going to, you know, we're not going to live paycheck to paycheck. So then to turn around and give a big portion to the church, <laughs> you know, was scary. Yeah. And that was hard to like let go of that fear. Definitely. Um, and and just be obedient right. to what God's calling us to do. So what I'm hearing and what both you what both you guys are saying is we're trying to define and kind of get our heads around what generous giving would be is we're saying that. Generous giving actually courageous, giving. courageous sorry yeah, yeah. sorry courageous giving actually frees us from something. Uh, so f- Seth, you talk about how it freed me from everything terminating in myself. This completely self obsessed navel gazing religion that is always turning back on itself, and this frees you from that egocentric model of faith. That now I'm courageously giving is looking toward the other where it's like, I'm not giving to get something like salvation or validation or that God would give me more so I can have more or anything like that, or I can have a higher status in my church or in my family or even in my own conscience. Like you're, you're wanting to, and because that kind of life is devastating to constantly be trying to validate yourself. And so giving for another frees you from that. And and then I'm, I'm hearing from Andy, like, like giving and courageous giving frees us from fear that we are completely shackled down by these ideas that I have to, if I'm going to survive in this world, I've got to hold it all for myself. Um, and, uh, and then, and then I just started thinking about like how I was posing these questions was really unhelpful because, and I was kind of leading it that way a little bit, but, um, you know, those, uh, did you guys ever go to one of those like, uh, boys only high school Q and a, question things where it's like all right we're gonna get all the middle school boys together and we're gonna have a have a q a and all the questions are about sex yes right yes and i've led many of those yes <laughs> right yeah and so um i promise this will hook in but it's like the question is always like uh so how far can i go or like where's the line how little do i need to yeah. give and like and, and where's the line and and it's like i think we have the same approach with giving where mm-hmm. it's like what at what percentage of my overall income or what amount um, or at what like pain point do I then cross the threshold and I'm finally doing enough to be considered uh, a courageous giver, right? Oh, yeah. Where it's like, I've finally, I've finally done it. In our community group, we've been just reading through Acts. We'll mm. read a chapter and discuss it. And I mean, my goodness, look <laughs> yeah. at the first few chapters of Acts and ask those early believers what percentage mm. uh, should I give right. to my church to be uh, a, a good, you know, yeah. a, a good, responsible, sacrificial giver? Right. Just don't ask Ananias and Sapphira. Right. Don't yeah. ask yeah, them. The, the only people to try to percentage out their giving yeah. were Ananias and Sapphira. <laughs> they died. But as we read through that, I'm like, my goodness, what do yeah. we do with that? Right. They gave everything. Mm-hmm. They went and sold all they had right. and gave to the church and no one was so that no one was in need. Right. So they were meeting each other's needs. Yeah. Because um, they weren't asking the where's the line question. Right. 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 Which and, I, and we're not asking people to like not pay your electric bill. Right. 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 Yeah. So, so what are we saying then? If we're not saying if we're not saying you got to give 100% and we have to all pull our money together or we're not we're not expressing biblical generosity. What are we saying? Are, we are saying that when we hear of needs, we are willing to count that need as more significant than our own. Mm. 
so like I, there was an example. I was reading Saturate by Jeff Vanderstel, and there was this example there where a woman, um, I think she lost her job, uh, and her husband was still working, but they still kind of needed that sec a little bit of that second income to continue mm-hmm. to go. But she also really loved staying at home at the time that she was unemployed, and she was wrestling with that. Like, do I go back to work? But I really love this. And she was explaining this vulnerability to her community group, and then her C group just asked her, "Well, how much would you need to just stay at home?" And they, mm. and they were, and she said, "Well." We did the math. I think it's like $500 a month. And they were like, okay, well, that's just $25 from each of us. We'll do that. Yeah. And they just paid for her <laughs> to, to be able to stay, stay home, home with her kids. Mm. And so I think part of it is one, as communities, mm-hmm. we need to be more vulnerable with our actual needs, yes. especially like financial needs. And then two, I think Bridgeway as an institution, it can be really easy to be skeptical of an institution to say it's really existing to serve its own needs. Mm. But I would hope that's not the case, that we are outward focused enough that people could trust like, hey, we've identified needs in India and over here in Slovenia and over here at this food pantry and at Spiro downtown Mm -hmm. that we need help. These organizations need help. And if you feel connected to those, you should feel the need to count that need as more significant than your own. Mm -hmm. I think that the the first circle though of meeting that need is the one most immediately close to you. Like who's in your community? Who's in need? Do you talk about that? Can you be vulnerable about your own needs? Like right. the flip side of courageous giving is courageous vulnerability. <laughs> like yeah. it, co- courageous neediness. Like, are right. you willing to like admit that you need help mm. in space? Which is the bottom of being able to receive the gospel, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. so countercultural too, because you know we're supposed to have it all together, mm-hmm. and um, so to be vulnerable in that way, um, you, know, it's, you know, to be vulnerable with anything is hard, but especially with your finances, you know, to admit you don't have it all together seems to say you've done something wrong. Mm. You know, you're not being a good steward of your finances. You're not, you've maybe you've done something wrong. You've done something to cause this. Sometimes that's the case, Yeah. but a lot of times it's not. Sometimes you just struggle, (laughs) you know, like the world is hard to live in and can be extremely hard financially. And people get sick. People get Large medical bills, you know, there's a number of things that cause people to struggle financially. That's not their fault, mm. but they need the help of their community to 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 get out of that. And I think as the church, we're called to to do that. I mean, I think we see that in Acts. Yes, they met each other's needs definitely, um, and they had to know about those needs to meet them. Right, they yeah. had to know about it. Yeah. I think that's all. I think it's really good. So, okay, I'm gonna, I want to I want to touch on one last thing before we before we close, and uh, but. Uh, before I do that, I think what we're saying is that generous giving isn't a percentage. There's no line to generous giving. Uh, generous giving is the faithful response out of a heart that's been changed by the self-giving of Christ. They were saying, yes. you've, you, you have realized that you're rich, and so you give to those around you. And um, really, no one will be able to put a line or a limit on that. And the more you receive the generosity of Jesus to you, in your poverty and realize your in your your eternal richness, um, the more you'll give. Right, and the more you see that everything that you already own as a gift, right, is mm-hmm. also the extent to which you'll begin to give more and more right. freely. Yeah, so I think that's really good. Uh, in the last just like minute or two here, I want us to to just think about. Um, we've talked a lot about giving money to the church, right, or at least, and then we've and now we've kind of expanded to those in our community. Um, but uh, but we really have talked mainly about money. Yeah. What other kinds of giving are there, and what other um, recipients are there for Christians? Thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I think in our spiritual formation strategy, we say because Jesus has given his gave, gave everything for us, we give everything, we give our money, times, and lives to those around us. Mm-hmm. So we talked about money, but time and life. Yeah, like one of the most precious commodities we have is actually our time. Yes, it's there's only twenty four hour twenty four units of time in a day. Eight of those are spent sleeping. So we only have we actually have very few minutes available to spend on and no one has any more than anyone else right it's this it's this perfectly equitable income yes. it's perfectly equitable currency and oftentimes we're most selfish with that one mm. um it just i i get that's that stupid reminder on my phone every week now all the screen time oh I've i hate spent. that thing yeah <laughs> I know, but like, i don't turn it off because uh, i need it i know i, I need it too <laughs> but like it, it, it it's 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 a running catalog of the hours of which i'm selfish with my time mm. I mean, I use my phone for business. And yeah, some good things. things. Yeah, but I also know that you can go on there and see how many hours yep. we're on social media yeah. and whatever else. But that's like a literal counter of ways in which my time was spent counting my own boredom as more significant as somebody else's needs. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I'm right. just like, I think time and considering our time as a resource that needs to be stewarded is really important. It's good because ultimately, most of us believe that if we have free time. That's meant to be spent on ourselves. Free time is me time. Right. Yep. And I think that's just a wrong assumption for a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and kind of to build on the, the time, lives, and money, mm-hmm. it's it's time, lives, and money. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times we can play the game of or. Uh-huh. And it's <laughs> like, well, I mean, I volunteer twice a, a month in, in the children's ministry. So right. I, I really don't need to give money. Yeah, that's ba- or, I mean that, that's basically like um they should be paying you know, me for that. But you know, as believers, <laughs> we're called to be generous in with our life. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to say there. It's it's our life mm-hmm. that we pour out right. as a as an offering. It's our lives and the giftings that God's given us that we pour out to build up one another in the body of Christ. So that involves. I mean that that is our time our lives <laughs> yeah. and our finances, you know, that we are called to be generous and courageous in all those areas yeah. and not selfish. And um, um, so, yeah, so I think when it comes to, yeah, we don't just talk about percentages. Are there good, are there good um, things that can help us there? Principles that sure. can help us? Sure. Yeah. You know, Hey, a good principle, a good starting point is 10%, mm-hmm. but man, you have to be careful not to get that can get very legalistic right quickly yep and, I'm, I'm hitting that minimum and, right yeah okay i'm yeah man i'm giving at least 10 percent. the pastor said that's a good place to start i'm giving that i'm good right now i can just set that on recurring giving yep. on online and just yep. forget it you know and i'm giving a certain amount but i think you know i think god's calling us to engage a little mm-hmm. bit more than that you yeah. know and I really like the and, the thing you're talking about there with and, that I, I know I, I often play the game. I mean, all three of us are in full-time professional ministry. You know, you guys work for a church, I work for a Christian nonprofit. And so um, every work hour of my day is aimed at giving my time for the gospel. And so it's really easy to play a game where it's like, well, you know, I, I'm all in on the gospel with my time. So it's like... Right. And I'm being paid for that, and like I need that money to support my family, and I'm right. giving of myself, my very life, to propagate the gospel. Uh, so you know, my money should be my own, <laughs> but it is God doesn't God doesn't just want us to give our time. He doesn't just want us to give our money. He doesn't just want us to give our lives. He wants all of it because yeah. I think He meets us with fresh batches of joy in each of those. That I'm going to get something from God by giving up my money 
courageously that I won't get by giving up my time and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think I think that and is really important. Well, we have to wrap up, sadly. Um, but this has been really great. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Seth, thank you so much for hopping in on this. And um, Didn't break too many china plates. You didn't. No, you didn't. You, my, my bull in the china shop was well behaved today. He was just he was just at the beginning. Yeah. He, he walked in the front door and then he, he backed did. out again. He's like, oh, sorry. Sorry. I'll clean, clean that mess he was, up. He was, he was so you're, you'll be welcome back then. <laughs> because of that but uh thank you thank you all for listening so much um next week we're going to be sitting down with two more pastors uh, kelsey white and eddie helker to talk about courageous serving so we really um hope you'll join us again for that thank you for listening and we will see you next week Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast, where you will find a new conversation every Thursday. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at bridgewayokc, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash bridgewaychurchokc. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at bridgewaychurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the pastors and staff here at Bridgeway Church, I'm David Bowden saying thanks for listening and we will see you next week.